Burns and Gambo. Big Red Reacts. Reaction to yesterday's Cardinals game. Brought to you by Wicopa Casino Resort, where world-class action meets Ford Diamond Splendor. The plays that make or break the Arizona Cardinals every single week. We call it Big Red Reacts, and in this case, they made the Arizona Cardinals very much. It went over the L.A. Rams to keep their very, very slim postseason hopes alive yesterday with the win in Los Angeles. Let's relive it through all the top moments, and even though it's a win, to be honest with you, not all of them are great moments. We start this game in the first quarter. The Rams took the early lead on a really long drive. 14 plays, 57 yards. They ended it with a Matt Gay 39-36 yard field goal to take a 3-0 lead. On the very first drive of the game for the Cardinals, they also would go on a long drive, and unfortunately in the middle of that disaster for Zach Ertz. Shotgun snap McCoy. Quick drop. Looks over the middle. Pitches. Now throws complete across the middle. Inside the 30. It's a first down of the 25. Zach Ertz made the tackle, but he's hurt. Ertz immediately grabs his left leg. Cardinal players are signaling for the team doctors and training staff. Oh, no. Yeah, it's just a devastating injury. Going to be out for the season. What I have heard is that he's, uh, it's definitely the MCL, uh, and they weren't, the last word I got is they weren't sure if it was the ACL too, but they were hoping it wasn't because he was kind of walking around a little bit after the game yesterday, so they were hopeful that it wasn't going to be an ACL, but at the very least, it is the MCL, and it might be the ACL too. Ian Rappaport is reporting via his Twitter account that Zach Ertz's season is done. Uh, I'm sure we'll get more details in the coming days through Gambo and other NFL insiders as well. So on that drive, Tristan Viscaino, who was uh, the kicker yesterday handling the duties for Matt Prater, ties the game with a 36-yard field goal. Ties the the game up at 3-3. Into the second quarter we go after a series of punts and three and outs and general offensive nothingness from both teams. The Cardinals finally got something going on a drive in which Colt McCoy looked very, very comfortable running the offense, and that includes a two-yard run to convert a fourth and short deep in Rams territory. McCoy takes a snap. It's play action. He boots to the right. McCoy going to keep it running at the five and out of bounds. He got the first down though. He stepped out at about the three yard line. So Colt McCoy twice getting first downs on this drive using his legs. First and goal on the three. Yeah, great to see. I mean, he wasn't running like Kyler Murray, but when he had to, he was able to get out of that pocket and make some plays with his legs. Led to this. McCoy takes handoff, Connor up the middle, into the end zone. Touchdown, Arizona. Yeah. What a drive engineered by Colt McCoy. James Connor pays it off with a touchdown run to give the Cardinals a 9-3 lead. You know what I liked about that drive? Two Hopkins for 14, to Hopkins for 12, to Hopkins for 8, to Hopkins for 4. Four, four straight plays, they went to Hopkins. Yep. And Jalen Rams like, I can't I can't do anything like with this guy. Four straight plays to go to they go to Hopkins. And then on fourth and one, like you said, McCoy and then Con- Connor gets the touchdown from five yards out. Cole McCoy, that drive was six of seven passing for fifty yards. He also ran for three on a third and two. He ran for two on a fourth and one. He did everything in that drive. Very next possession, the Cardinals would get the ball right back in a play that should have been a touchdown for JJ Watts. Rams go right to work again. Second and ten on their forty-four. Snap to Wolford. Straight drop back in trouble. Gets drilled. The ball pops out. It's free at the 30-yard line. And they're going to say the hand was going forward. It's an incomplete pass. Yeah, Arizona's ball first and ten at that spot. Boo. Terrible.
Super Bowl by the refs. That would have been a bad... defensive touchdown for the Cardinals. Come on! Such a bad call. Why do you got to blow it dead right there? Just... You don't have to blow the whistle there. You don't have to. Let it play out. Let it play out. Let, Let it, it play run. out. See what You're happens. Not sure? If it's not a touchdown, it's not a touchdown. Right. Take it's the a ball bang, bang, bang play. Like you it's... blew it! You totally blew it. Totally blew it. Some guy lost like $1,000 and J.J. Watts covering his bet on that. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah, I did. J.J. Yeah. Watts said, hey, DM me your address and we'll make sure we take care of you or words to that extent because he's like, man, I had I had this parlay that the Cardinals are going to uh, score a defensive touchdown. So, J.J. doesn't get a touchdown. A.J. Green is in whatever happened to A.J. Green does. Snap to McCoy. Looking left. It's a fade left corner of the end zone. A.J. Green with a great grab. Touchdown! The A.J. Green of old is back. He's made two incredible grabs. Colt McCoy, meanwhile, continues to deliver. That's why, you know, you, you hang on to him and you don't trade him for a seventh-round pick. Because, you know, he is a veteran. He knows the offense. And he's been a big playmaker. And there, there might be some games this year, not on a regular basis, but there might be some games where he can help you. And he did yesterday. 17-3 at that point in the game. We go into halftime. We come out of the the halftime and into the second half. And the Rams continuing to struggle on offense. J.J. Watt had himself a day yesterday. Over takes. Back to throw off play action. In trouble. Sacked. Back at the 31-yard line by the future Hall of Famer, J.J. Watt. He's got a fumble recovery and now a takedown of the quarterback. It wasn't perfect, obviously. He had those penalties, but he was doing a really nice job getting after John Wolford for most of the game Outside yesterday. Outside of the two back-to-back penalties that hurt them, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was making his presence felt. And What's he got, five and a half sacks now on the season? I believe you are correct. Five yeah. and a half. But, uh, so the Rams would punt. Later, the Cardinals would get the ball back the very next series, and speaking of injuries. They dodged the bullet on this one. Shotgun snap. Drops back to throw in trouble. Forced out of the pocket. Gets rid of the pass. Right side incomplete as he was getting sacked that time by Justin Hollins. Did well to get rid of the ball and Colt is shaken up. He's hobbling and almost went to the ground a couple of times. He's now doubled over trying to walk it off. Trace McSorley's the backup and Colt's going to have to go down to the ground. Yeah, and that point, you're like, okay, Trace McSorley warming up, throwing it. Now McCoy would come back into the game, but you started to think right there, like, okay, who is the third-string quarterback? And you know who I thought of? Eno. Eno Benjamin. Eno, I think, would have been the guy, I would think, if Trace McSorley right. would have been the backup to Trace. Right. Cole wasn't able to come back in, but he was able to come back in, and they dodged the bullet, as I mentioned, on that one. Rams get the ball back, and finally they get their offense moving a little bit. Tyler Higby at 25-yard reception for the Rams would then lead to this. Daryl Henderson four-yard touchdown rush. Snap to Wolford. Going to run it. Henderson up the middle. He's into the end zone for the touchdown. Man. It was third and goal on the 14, but back-to-back penalties put the ball on the four, and the Rams are right back in the ball game, 17 to nine with the extra point pending. Yeah, because that was the delay, you know, the, the unsportsmanlike from JJ spiking the ball, and then on the next one he was just so angry, so he had the neutral zone infraction. So just instead of you know third at third and 14 or whatever it was, it ended up being third and four. Henderson goes in. Yep, he goes in, and now it's a 17 to 10 game at that point. The Cardinals would crank their offense back up. One of the plays down the field, DeAndre Hopkins once again on the receiving end from this Colt McCoy pass. Snap to McCoy. Drops back the throw. Fires deep. Left side for D-Hop. But Justin make the catch at midfield. They blow it dead at the 46-yard line as he's grabbed by three Rams. Just throw it up against Jalen Ramsey, and D-Hop wins that one for a gain 
of about 25. Wouldn't lead to any points, but obviously that was Colt McCoy once again showing off his comfort in this offense right yeah, now. Absolutely. He came back in in that series. They ran the ball like to, to Connor a few times, and then, you know, obviously they, there was the big sack on that one. Floyd had one of those, that, that sack was a nine yard loss, and that ended the, the threat on that drive. The Rams offense would continue to struggle. The Cardinals would then in their next series really put this one away. A fourth and three, and the play call was great. The catch by Rondell Moore was even better. Shotgun snap. McCoy drops back to throw a deep ball left side, and a one-handed catch by Rondell Moore inside the 20 at the 15. He's out of bounds there. What a dime by Cole McCoy. Incredible grab by Rondell Moore. Kid could be special. He could be a special player, that Rondell Moore. He really can. That was my favorite play of the game. Fourth and three, no dink and dunk, no screen pass, and let a guy try to beat somebody. Let's go down the field and catch him by surprise. Yep, it wasn't the best catch of the day, see Justin Jefferson, but it was a pretty nice catch by Rondale Moore, and it led to this James Conner nine-yard touchdown Boy run. under center takes, give to Conner, off the left side, trying to get the edge, stiff arming at the 10, the 5, dies for the end zone, he's in, it's a touchdown for Conner, his second of the day. The offense has come alive under Colt McCoy here in L.A., and they lead it 23-10. to Yet all those fantasy football players, people that loved James Conner and then cut him after the first few weeks, like, damn! Where was that early in the season? I needed those two touchdowns. Yeah, or fantasy owners who didn't start him this week. Yeah, looking at me. Yeah, looking at me right here. Icing on the cake. 0% chance of playing. Buda Baker, 100% chance of making an impact. Snap to Wolford, back to throw again. Looking deep, airing it out, middle of the field, and it's intercepted. Somehow picked off at the 30 by Buda. Running back the other way, 40, 50, 40. Baker, 30, cuts right and tackled at the 25. This guy shouldn't even be playing. What heart, what grit. It's just unbelievable. I mean, Isaiah got his hand in there, too. So nice play by Isaiah. Big return by Buda Baker. Helped him put that game away. Yep, and that's basically, there was another touchdown at the end. It didn't really matter at that point. The Arizona Cardinals get the win they need, beating the Los Angeles Rams yesterday to improve to 4-6 and six on the season. And when we come back, that's exactly where we're taking the conversation. At 4-6, and six, they aren't currently in. Can they get there? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. McCoy takes handoff counter up the middle into the end zone. Touchdown, Arizona. What a drive engineered by Colt McCoy. James Conner pays it off with a touchdown run to give the Cardinals a 9-3 lead. Okay, you lose that game yesterday. The Cardinals didn't, obviously. Lose that game, and there's zero discussion, zero debate. The season's over, right? Like Now, you and I, this time a week ago, based off of how they had played and the mountain they had to climb, we believe the season to be over anyway. Yeah. But, and, and I still think the chances of them getting into the postseason are so slim. So many things would have to work. But, give them credit for this. They lose that game yesterday. They're, they're done, done. That's it. You can't even entertain the thought anymore. By winning that game yesterday, 
however slim the margins are, they got a little bit better with that win yesterday, right? Sure. However slim the margins were of them being a playoff team, there's no doubt they got a little bit better yesterday because they had to win that game. Yeah, because you at four and six, the problem is God. I mean, it's like the the NFC is is kind of top heavy. You've got two teams that are going to the playoffs no matter what: Philadelphia and Minnesota. And then you've got the Giants at seven two. They had a win yesterday. Very likely they're going to go. Dallas is six and three. They had a tough loss. And then you start to get to the you know Seattle's got six wins, but then. San Fran's got five. Washington's got four. Green Bay got, has four. Atlanta has four. The Cardinals have four. But you, now you're ahead of the you're ahead of the three win teams. You're ahead of Chicago, New Orleans, Carolina, and the Rams in Detroit. So you passed five teams. You're not in a playoff spot yet, but at least you give yourself a chance. Now you got to continue to win football games because you're still behind, and you have to continue to win games. But at least at four and six, you know you're you, you you're not eliminated. You've got a chance. It's just you know. You're not completely on life support, but you don't have much margin for error. Oh, you have no margin for error. You have you have you have none. I mean, really, when you this this Monday night game coming up a week from tonight, in Mexico City against the 49ers, it's just as much a must win as yesterday was against the Rams. You know, you're you're in exactly the same spot, losing. You're basically done. The, the, here's the concern. All right, we can sit here and look at the numbers and say, yeah, San Francisco's only five and four, and Arizona's only four and six, and they're not that far behind each other. Number one, there's a whole bunch of teams in front of them. The, the Cardinals are the last of the four and six teams right now based of all the tiebreakers and number two there's just like an eye test thing here san francisco just looks like a much much better football team than the arizona cardinals and if we're being honest about it the four wins the cardinals have so far are against four of the worst teams in all the national football league and i'm I'm not trying to like throw dirt on them or anything and and ruin their big day but they're four of the worst teams in the NFL that they've beaten so far. And yeah. They've got the Niners next and the Chargers who look pretty good and the Patriots who look like they're at least competent, right? I mean, they're your opportunities to pick on some of the worst teams in the NFL. Those are dwindling now for the Cardinals, and I just don't know if they're good enough to take advantage of the schedule that's in front of them right now. The problem is they've got that 3-5 and five conference record. And so when you start to look at teams like Green Bay would win a tiebreaker over Arizona based on best winning percentage in conference. Conference games. Um, there's somebody else that Atlanta uh, would too. Three Atlanta and four. would have a tie. Would, would win the tiebreak over over a- Arizona a- based on best percentage. Atlanta's win right now the right. tenth seed. Green Bay's the ninth seed. Washington's the eighth seed because they're four and five. They have a big game. Of course, if they upset the Eagles tonight, that doesn't help the Cardinals one bit. Right? That's right. another team that kind of. But you've sl- got a you've got a playoff team right now with five wins, and the Cardinals have four. I know, but that. But there is my there's, point. There's a lot in between. That, there's them a lot and in where between, the are. and that five and four team looks so much better than the Cardinals. They just look so much more of a functional football team than the Cardinals right now. Even off the win for the Cards yesterday, right? I mean, I know they've only got one more win, but doesn't, doesn't San Francisco? Yes, yeah. It, it's yeah. just, it's just with McCaffrey now. After what? Sure. I mean, uh, but again, like if you could find a way to win that game, now you're five and six, and they're five and five. 
And if you could beat them the second time, then you'd have a tiebreaker over there. We know they don't have any tiebreakers over Seattle because they lost both head-to-head. And they lose a lot of the tiebreakers with these other teams because their conference record isn't so good. They just didn't listen. It's just pretty simple. Like, I was looking at it yesterday, and, you know, you just look at the games and say, okay, who won? And who the Rams, they beat the Rams. The Rams had a loss. Atlanta had a loss. Seattle had a loss. New Orleans had a loss. But Tampa won, and Minnie won, and the Giants won, and um, Green Bay won. Now, you, now, watching that Green Bay game, you're like, I don't want Green Bay to win because it, 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 would, it would help if Green Bay, it would help if Dallas had won that game. Big time. Right? It would have helped. And then San Francisco. San Francisco won. So, remember that scenario? We were talking, we were talking about a scenario last Last week, like the dream scenario, I think Jess Roots Root wrote something about it. Like it never really play, it can never really play out that way. When you say six things need to happen, and you're you could be in good spot. Well, the, the most important thing that happened was the Cardinals did win, which sets them up for a game next week that can get them closer to getting to the playoffs. I mean, just about all of them did happen, except for Green Bay beating Dallas. Right, everything else was kind of in line with what the Cardinals sort of needed to be able to leapfrog the maximum number of teams they could, and if had. Green Bay lost yesterday. The Cardinals would be 10th in the NFC. And then if Washington loses tonight, I mean, look, more than anything, look, we can sit here and look at the records and look at the scenarios and try and figure out this and try and figure out that. Didn't they have, didn't they have the Chargers beating the 49ers? Was that one of them? That was also, you're right. That was another one the of 49ers them. 49ers yeah, So it wasn't just, yeah, that was another one of them. You're right. At least the Cardinals are still got a pulse. somewhat They relevant. got a pulse, Burns. They got They're a pulse. still somewhat sure. relevant. Right. And that and that to me right now is I don't want to say it's enough, but it'll do. Right. Like it'll do because every team just wants to go into that last month of the season and fan base and your team has a chance, man. Make those games meaningful. And if they could beat San Francisco Monday night, then it's you know, that that's a meaningful win. So now if they beat San Francisco. That resets everything in terms of our expectations. Yeah, because now instead of having to go six and two, you're saying, okay, can you win four? Can you go four and two? But but even beyond that, for me, you've beaten a quality team, and now you've shown you're capable of beating quality teams the rest of the year, right? Like you can say, okay, that wasn't one of the worst teams in the NFL we just beat. That was one of the best teams in the or one of the better, I'll put teams in the NFL, and that is the kind of thing that might give that locker room a little bit of confidence that hey, we're we're really not out of that. If they so a week from tonight, they beat the 49ers in Mexico City. It changes the whole equation, but that's a long, it feels like a long ways from now. A lot of things are going to happen between 49, now and then. After they play the Cardinals, the 49ers get the Saints, they have to play Miami, they get Tampa, they get Seattle, they get Washington, they get the Raiders, and then they get Arizona again. So they've got a pretty favorable schedule. So yeah, you, you're going to have to beat them probably the two times you play them. And the Cardinals... And then hope for the best. ...have the 49ers, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Broncos... The Bucks, the Falcons, the 49ers. It's still a big mountain to climb. Still a really big mountain. But it to always climb. was once you lost that Seattle game and you put yourself in that big oh, hole. Oh, 100%. Because my, my, my thing wasn't they, that they could win two out of three. My thing was more about can you win six out of eight? And Cliff Kingsbury's always struggled and these teams have always struggled down this stretch. So I looked at it like you need six wins now and your margin for error, you only get to lose two games out of eight. Texas, your thoughts. The FanDuel text line. It is always open for you throughout Burns and Gambo. Text us at 620-620. This was by far one of the best performances by this group of players. Players yesterday. Not a surprise when you consider the circumstances. We'll tell you next. Burns and Gambo. Here we go! Quick! Yeah! Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Let's go!
Ford. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Shotgun snap. McCoy drops back to throw a deep ball left side and a one-handed catch by Rondell Moore. Inside the 20 at the 15. He's out of bounds there. What a dime by Colt McCoy. Incredible grab by Rondell Moore. Nine catches for 94 yards. The 94 yards was a season best for Rondell Moore. DeAndre Hopkins had 10 catches for 98 yards. Most of those were against Jalen Ramsey, and he did very, very well in that matchup. It helped when everything was more calm and was more orderly and was less chaotic, as it often is, it seems to have been this year, with Kyler Murray, but it maybe shouldn't be that much of a surprise that the Cardinals wide receivers yesterday had among some of their best days yeah. of this season because everything just felt much less hectic for the cards. Yeah, yeah, we could talk a, a lot about um, you know Rondell Moore and, and D Hop, and we will. But let's start with AJ Green because AJ Green was a guy that you know. Listen, I mean, a lot of fans have soured on him. A lot of us in the media have soured on him. You kind of wonder, like, you know, two two out of three games they didn't even play. Like, he played got one target in two out of three games. Like, all right, well, why is he even here? Why bother? But we had talked about this. Like, the, you, you don't want to trade him for a seventh round or a cut him just because he's a good insurance policy. He's a veteran player. He's made plays. He made some plays. Yeah, a couple of plays, right? I think he had two targets and he had two catches. Now, you're not going to look. He's not going to have that seven, eight catch game for 100 yards like he did in Cincinnati, which was a regular thing. But can he help you here and there make a play or two? And being the veteran that he is, I think he's a lot better than if you would have cut it, cut him or traded him and then signed somebody off somebody's practice squad to be here. He's a better option than those guys would have been. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm the, the idea of cutting him, it was that there was no reason to. I mean, trading him, if somebody wanted to give you something for him and you didn't think you were going to use him very much, not a seventh rounder, right? Uh, but, but at this point, I mean, look, I think the big thing about yesterday, at least for me, I'm looking at the snap counts, okay? A.J. Green got 30 of them yesterday. You want to know how many Robbie Anderson got? Snap counts? Snaps. How many snaps did Robbie Anderson get in yesterday's game? Not many. About eight. Not many. He got eight. He yeah. got eight, and AJ Green got thirty. So it was now. Look, obviously these things are a game by game basis, and to sit here and try and predict how this is going to be next week or the week after, I have absolutely no idea. But it's it's almost as if the coaching staff kind of had this. Okay, Robbie, we gave you your shot. We're going to force feed you. We try to get you the ball. You had a big drop. We didn't really feel comfortable throwing to you for whatever reason. We're going to put A.J. back out there. And frankly, maybe this too, like a lot of things with yesterday's game, just kind of circles back to Colt McCoy, right? When you've got a veteran quarterback out there who's going to be able to process and read the defense a little bit better than maybe Kyler has this year, and A.J. Green becomes a little bit more valuable because he's a veteran, right? Because he knows what he's doing. Because he knows where to be out there. I mean, Colt, again, just kind of made everything a little bit better yesterday. Including AJ Green, right? Sure. I, I, even sure. with, I think you only have, like you said, the two targets. It's not like they threw his way a lot, but it did feel like yesterday. AJ basically took Robbie Anderson's spot. Like, okay, nice audition. Let's go back See, to what we was, had. There was a rhythm to the offense, so you know. I mean, you, you know, there's a certain time a receiver knows I'm gonna. I need to turn and look for the ball, and when that ball is delivered on time, and the rhythm of the offense makes it go. It's harder when you know when you turn and look for the ball, and now you know Kyle is scrambling out of the pocket, and you've got to try to figure out, okay, where do I go? What do I do to to, to get open to make this play? 
I love what I've seen out of Rondale Moore. Like, I, and I will get to him now. I love what I've seen out of him. When he's healthy, and the biggest thing with Rondale Moore, of course, going back to his days at Purdue, is when he when he's healthy, he is as dynamic a player as there is. I mean, and he, in his last three games, Rondale Moore has 24 catches on 31 targets. That's about, that's that's eight catches a game, 10 targets a game for 255 yards. Eight catches a game his last three games. 24 catches. 10 targets per game. Like, they're starting to use him more and more in this offense. Remember, we were talking about earlier, stop throwing him the ball behind the line of scrimmage. No, now they're not. They're not. I mean, you got a couple plays for him, of course, but no. Sure. Now they're trying to get him the ball in space because he's a bill, his ability to make you guys, to make guys miss tackles. Yeah, and it's not like every single one he's way far down the field. He was on that fourth down catch, and Cliff Kingsbury talked about that after the yeah, game. Big, big, you know, fourth down um, to make that it reminded me of the one he caught against Minnesota last year, which was even a better catch. But on fourth down, to come up like he did and make that one was was huge. And he continues to get better and better. Um, and I just think he'll get more confident. And as we go, uh, continue to make plays like that. It does make you long for the days when Hollywood Brown is available. Yeah. I mean, it really does, because then you start, okay, A.J. Green, fine, Robbie Anderson, fine, I mean, what, what, whatever. They get Hollywood Brown back, the way Rondell Moore's role seems to be expanding a little bit, and the way DeAndre Hopkins seems to be rounding into form, you really start thinking, I, I hope it matters. Like, right, I, like, I hope when they get Hollywood Brown back, it's got meaning attached to it, that it matters, that the games still matter. Because that threesome at the wide receiver position can be very, very dangerous. I just hope the games matter when he gets back. I don't know if they're going to or not. I yeah, hope they do. He, listen, I mean, when Christian Kirk left, and he's having a good season, I mean, he's got you know, he's got 52 catches for almost 700 yards and seven touchdowns. You're like, okay, Christian was a good player. He's done very, very well in Jacksonville. Rondell's numbers aren't as good, but they're not that far behind. You're like, okay, it's, you know, Christian Kirk has 52 catches and Rondell Moore has, you know, 41. Rondell Moore has 414 yards. Christian Kirk has 679. Now, the touchdowns, seven to one, are a big difference in Kirk's favor. But, you know, I'm not expecting Rondell Moore to, you know, Christian Kirk at times had to be your top guy or your number two guy. Rondell Moore as a number three guy, like you just said, if, if you got Hollywood Brown, and Hop is your one, two, and Moore is your three, and then you've got Ertz as the tight end. You know, you know, if, if next year for when Ertz comes back, like you've got the weapons, or if McBride, like McBride's going to get a huge opportunity now, huge opportunity. Oh, yeah. with her. you're going to find out if McBride can play because he's going to be the guy. I was going to talk about Hop next, but I'll, I'll be more than happy to jump over that for now and talk about Trey McBride. You're up. You're up, kid. Go get him. Yeah. Right? Because I, I saw your tweet a minute ago about Max Williams. And, and for those of you who don't know, uh, Zach Ertz, the Cardinals haven't officially ruled him out. They won't comment on it until Wednesday, I think, would be their next availability. But Ian Rappaport is reporting that Zach Ertz is out for the season with a knee injury he suffered yesterday. And again, the look on his face really told the whole story. I, I think he knew what was up yesterday when he walked out of that game. Maybe Max Williams is ready to come back. Maybe he's not. But given how much football he's missed... I got to imagine they're going to ease him into this a little bit. Trey McBride, go get him. Yeah. You're the you're, you were the highest draft pick for the team yeah. this year. Go show us why. Yeah. Go show us why. It's your turn. 
Let's go see. You, know, you had that one catch, and then he kind of fumbled the ball yesterday. Remember, he caught it, then he fumbled it, and was able to, able to get it back. But he's going to get his opportunities now with Ertz out. I mean, he's a big body, runs good routes. He's got to hold on to the football. Max Williams could very well be called up, up from the practice squad. He has been practicing. I don't know that he's 100%. Like, it's going to be a health decision with him. But he has been practicing, so it's not like he hasn't been. So he's been out there practicing, and I think that there's a chance that he could get called up from the practice squad for this game. Yeah, I just, again, given how conservatively they do these things, I can't imagine he's in a position to make an immediate impact right away. Blocking. Blocking. Yeah, but in terms of receiving, I I think it's Trey McBride, you know. like McBride will, yep. And then D-Hop and... He was great again. He was great again. And he was was great again, honestly, against Jalen Ramsey. Ten catches, 98 yards. Eight of his ten targets came when Jalen Ramsey was on him. 83 yards of his receiving came when Ramsey was in coverage. That's the most receptions allowed by a defender to a receiver over the last two seasons. Wow. So uh, any defender, anywhere, has not allowed that many receptions to one guy in two years of football in the NFL. D-Hop did just fine against yeah, Jalen Ramsey. Loved, I love the sequence. Where they went to hop four times in a row. They ended up scoring a touchdown. That first touchdown driver. The Connors, hop, the Connors hop, touchdown. Hop, yep. 14 yards to hop, 12 yards to hop, 8 yards to hop, 4 yards to hop. I mean, they were at the hop on that one. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a dynamic off, and, and it, it was good to see them have a dynamic offense, including DeAndre Hopkins, without Kyler Murray. Like, Colt McCoy could do that, too. Okay? Oh, yeah. Colt McCoy could... Listen, it's very simple. He's a great receiver. I just got to get him the football. It's very... It's about who the quarterback is. That guy's got to get open throw him the football. Yeah, Colt said after the game yesterday, he was not afraid of throwing the hop when Ramsey was on him. Yeah, I think that was a second-half adjustment for them. They they started playing a little more uh, tight coverage on our guys, and you know, I like hop. I like hop. I like hop. <laughs> so do we. Yeah. So do we, Colt. If you're a quarterback, you like him. So do we. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show. Last week, they talked about the boot. This week, apparently they were listening because it was much better. That's coming up. Burns and Gambo. Love you, bro. Love you. Love you. Yo, let's be the best. Let's be the best. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. <laughs> Go right to work again. Second and ten on their 44. Snap to Wolford. Straight drop back. In trouble. Gets drilled. The ball pops out. It's free at the 30-yard line. And they're going to say the hand was going forward. It's an incomplete pass. Yeah, Arizona's ball first and ten at that spot. J.J. Watt, if you missed it, (laughs) took Twitter and um, was responding to a tweet. A guy guy tweeted J.J. Watt and said, they blew that play dead, but you would have walked into the end zone. I should have won $1,000. Want to help a brother out? (laughs) And he had had a three-game parlay of James Conner being an anytime touchdown scorer, the Arizona Cardinals to win on the money line, and the Arizona defense to score a touchdown. The other two obviously hit. Right, he just needed the Arizona defense to score a touchdown, and he would have won like a thousand bucks. JJ Watt tweeted him back. I got you, bro. Yeah, you got screwed. We both did. I got you. DM me your address. There you go. Just won the bet. 
<laughs> JJ Watt paying it up, paying it up. Um, the defense was terrific yesterday. It was. My J. Sanders was. Man, he had that sequence where he pressured Wolford into a bad throw, right? He had a tackle for a loss, and then later the strip cup. sack. He, the one who had cup. Cup. he tackled Cup for a three yard loss. Yeah, I mean, play. And that, and then the pressure of the incomplete happened on the very next play. Remember, My J. Sanders was the draft pick they got back from Baltimore in addition to Hollywood Brown. Yes. Now they get Hollywood Brown back and they sign him to a long term deal. Suddenly that trade, well, that's, we need to talk about that for a few minutes. Okay. How much better is that trade looking now given the struggles at center and the likelihood the Cardinals probably would have drafted a center had they not traded the first round pick? Like, do we feel okay about that now? I we think still- if it, in a perfect world, you would have kept your pick. You would have drafted Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa, and then you would have uh, you would have had Hop if he, you know, and then Rondale Moore. And but when Hop went, you know, got suspended, it was like you don't want to lose the first six games of the, you know, you, you want to give yourself the best chance to win the first six games of the season. And it was about helping Kyler get comfortable with certain guys, and he knew Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown was really good when he was here. I think it's still to be determined, but that's a good point by you. If Majai Sanders steps up and because look, he's got more sex than Chandler Jones right now. It's not saying a whole lot because Chandler Jones sucks. All right, hold on, hold on. Who had Gambo rips Chandler Jones at three fifteen in the afternoon? Who had him in the pool? Who had him in the office pool? Yeah. Who had, you? You, you yeah, did. Yeah. You, oh, you had he's before. Got a, he's got a half a sack. Eric had before earlier in the right. show. He type had in, in the two o'clock hour. Type in Chandler yeah. Jones in Twitter and look at latest because he's trending and everybody's saying cut this guy. Just cut him. Like honestly, why is he here? Just cut him. Terrible. He's like so. Majai Sanders is playing better than Chandler Jones. Look, my whole thing with Chandler was it just wasn't worth the money. Well, he's not good. He's not any good. I'm a hundred percent right and proven right on that. He's they he can't play anymore. He's no good. Yes, we know but your you needed, issue with Chandler Gambo. We know it. No, but uh, the issue really was that he couldn't play. Okay. That was the issue. He can't play. He's no good. I didn't want to give him five cents to come play here. If Majai Sanders yesterday gave us a little bit of a glimpse. Now, Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons have been playing extremely well lately. They've been playing well. Then Majai Sanders steps up, and he has a game, a really good game. It's like... You know, look, maybe Steve Kime can make draft picks. They just got to figure out how to play them. Now, if McBride goes out next week and has eight catches for 100 yards, I might be like, you guys are all wrong about Kime. Like, these draft picks are good. They just don't know how to use them. They just, they just, they, they, it takes them a while. You it know, takes right? Them longer, it, it, yeah. takes them, it takes them longer. And, and Why? Why? I don't know. But Why? We, saw, we saw with Seattle a couple of weeks ago, man, the instant impact they're getting from most of their rookies, all of their, a lot of their rookies, that doesn't happen here. It's more of a slow burn. With the guys here, and I don't know why. Here's Majai Sanders after the game with Calvisi. We've been out there having fun with, my, uh, with all the vets, but that was one of the biggest things I had going into this week, and knowing that I was going to get a lot of opportunities to play. And being out there with the vets just it just make it just make everything more easier for me, and just having fun. And then that's another big thing that I love that I that I uh, praise myself on is having fun all the time on the field. Thanks for correcting me, Mitch. It's my J, uh, not the way I was saying it. My J, uh, my J with Paul Calvisi after the game. Here's my J Sanders. This is Daddy. This is the segment that I'm going to struggle with the most. Okay. All right. Tell me why. That Rams offense is hideous. Okay. No, they're hit. I mean, come, they're okay, all, there are they're, a lot of offenses that are hideous. I know. They're awful. So They're awful. So it's it's like, I want to praise the Cardinals defense, and they're deserving of praise. But you want to, they you want to walk really it back well. a little bit. Let's just acknowledge to, that that Rams offense is yeah. off 77 yards at halftime. That's yeah. the worst ever for Sean McVay. Yeah, Johnny Walford's terrible. Yes. Okay, he's terrible. Yeah, and the rotation they had going with, with Bryce Perkins, Perkins, that wasn't working very well no. either, right? It's almost like the Cardinals knew what they were going to do when Perkins came in the game. 
But here's the thing on Sanders. Okay, he graded out, and I'm looking at the pro football focus grades now. Now, these are not the be-all, end-all. But he graded out as the second highest rated Cardinal player outside of Antonio Hamilton. He got an 87.8. He got a B+. Um, Antonio Hamilton was a 90.1. He got an A. It's not quite the A, B, C scale. No, but my J. My J. My J. My J. My J. My J. Like my J. Hawks. Like my J. Your J. My J. Bird. All of our J. Your J. Our J. Everybody cares for J. Just take a J. Feely. He's your J. Feely. Here's your top five rated players on defense grade-wise. Antonio Hamilton won. My J. Sanders, two. Zayvon Collins, three. Isaiah Simmons, four. Buda Baker, five. My J, Zavin, Isaiah, two, three, four in the grades. Say what you want about the Rams offense. I get it. But how important, but, but the bottom line is if those guys had not played well against the Rams offense, that might be a different story. Oh, but they played well. Oh, yeah. No, no. That's they, the point. Like, they didn't, didn't play, play well against the, I, I'm just saying they got, it, it was like, uh, they got a little extra credit for the grades yesterday, you know? Like they got an A on the test, but it helped that they got a little extra credit. Okay, can I do a little extra side work for a little extra credit? Yeah, you're going to play the Rams this week. Okay, they're not very but good. But they, they played well. Oh, they that, played, oh, they, I, I, I'm not. I'm just. I just want to make sure we throw that little caveat. And it's not just. But it was the Rams Jay who played well. JJ, I thought played very well. Antonio Hamilton had himself a game. Oh, he was great. And I tell you right now, Buda Baker, what a week you've had. What a week you've had. I said this on Luke and Wolf. The insight into hard knocks allowed us to really appreciate Buddha coming back a lot more. You know why? There was no way in hell he was supposed to play in that game. He was so hurt. Not at all. Like in hard, like he could barely walk. I mean, he got back to the house. He couldn't even eat chicken wings, for goodness sakes. No. His he sister, couldn't, he was, his couldn't sister eat. didn't care. His sister was like, yeah, bro, no, you're she hurt. Was I don't care. I just want man, some wings. He was, you could just see the pain and the agony. I'm like, man, I just want to go set that guy up with an Epsom salt bath. Let's get, like, he was hurt. Like, he was hurt. I'm pretty sure NFL players have more at their disposal than an Epsom salt bath. Kind of an Epsom salt bath. Just a guess. Just a guess. There's probably more medically available to them than that, but that's a good try. The fact that he played after you had watched hard. See, a lot of times a guy gets injured and you just see him on the injured report. That's all we know. He's on the injured report. Hey, we don't know how hurt he is. Hard knocks allowed us to see how freaking hurt Buda Baker was. He sets such a tone for that team. Such a tone. Like he's you, my favorite Cardinal player ever. You can just see. Ever. You said that last week. He's you my can, favorite Cardinal player of all time. My Jay, even after the game, said, "Man, we all want to be like Buddha." There's no doubt. I mean, people don't want to let that cliff. that type of effort down. When you see a guy who, beginning of the week, they're telling you two to three weeks, and, and then on Friday he's jogging around out there saying, "Hey, I'm going to go." Um, special individual, and, and what an amazing player and, and leader, and uh, that was awesome to see. Yeah, my apologies. That was uh, Cliff who talking about Buddha Baker. What a performance by Buddha! Game we didn't think. There was any chance at all he was going to play. When we come back, four o'clock, re- four o'clock reset is coming your way. And if things couldn't get any worse with the injuries around here, we'll give you the latest on everything going on. Eno, Zach Ertz, Chris Paul. It's all next here on Burns and Gambo.